Hoi, chummers. This is your sysops and dead here at the Hidden Grid. I know it's been a very, very long time since we actually got down and dirty with some Shadowrun news, reviews, and other such fun things. There's been a lot going on, and with me today, I have a new co-host who will hopefully be sticking around for more than a couple of episodes, most of which is my fault for losing others. Well... Hero, go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know a little bit about who and what you are. I am co-host number 15B. If I'm lucky enough, and if I please Zen enough, I might be able to constantly be referred to by a different pseudonym, such as Hero. You guys might know me from the Swing and a Miss podcast. Most of you probably won't know me from the Swing and a Miss podcast. I have no business being on this show as I'm a returning fan to the Shadowrun line. I played it a lot as a young teenager, dropped tabletop playing games for a good long stint, but during the interim I picked up a lot of the Shadowrun novels. I mean, I was always kind of, uh, I don't want to say obsessed, but there was a strong appeal to the Shadowrun world. So even when I wasn't playing the tabletop game, I was still fascinated by the entire scenario of what was happening. So about two years ago, I picked it back up again. I hope to provide a noob perspective to the podcast. Ask all the dumb questions so the listeners don't have to. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's good because I'm tired of having to try to fill both of those roles. So now I don't have to feel like I have to go back to when I first started playing and remember what that was like, which was longer than I care to think about. Yeah, but now I get to throw you under the bus and ask really difficult questions that you never wanted to answer, kind of like where babies come from type situations. That's my goal, to make they you come feel from awkward. cabbage patches. Damn. You See? just know your stuff, man. I that's do. why you're the guru. That's why I I'm the noob. I am. So yeah, that's pretty much how it's it's going to go. I think this is going to be really good for the the show and getting it a little more regular having a co-host here. With well, that, I what? mean, if it's I've been your co-host for the past year. Uh, that's you know true. That, right? That's true. We have been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes that nobody else has really seen. Hey, you know, we actually recorded a few episodes that we immediately threw away as we realized that I have no official capacity as a guru. <laughs> yeah, the magic show. <laughs> it's in the vaults. <laughs> it is It is hidden away deep in a hard drive somewhere. Actually, uh, I think I have that hard drive sitting around here. I think that you should probably grab some <laughs> lighter fluid in a match and resolve that. <laughs> I don't, because uh, we're actually going to eventually do a new magic episode, and you'll be able to say with a little more authority about things. With the authority of someone who doesn't know what he's talking about, but well, being confident in that, that capacity. Oh, yeah, I guess we are. <laughs> yeah, so we're working on that. We're going to get you so you can do that. Since we haven't really had anything come up in a year, other than the the two APs and the interview that I did, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened that's kept me really busy and I talked about that in the update now what they don't know is that you know Hero here has been trying to keep me going and trying to get me to 
put out a new show. And now he's actually got me back behind the mic where I need to be doing more of this stuff. In addition to that, we've actually been doing a lot of other things like working on a GMing blog that's going to be going live fairly soon as well as working on the Shadowrun Chronicles podcast that will be coming out hopefully in about a month or two, depending on scheduling with the rest of the group. Well, Zen, why don't you tell me, or, or the folks at home, just what Shadowrun Chronicles is? Shadowrun Chronicles is going to be a podcast version of the Shadowrun Missions line. Now, the reason that we're not going to get into too much more detail about what the Shadowrun's mission line is, is that we have actual voicemail from someone. Voicemail! Actually asking about that subject in particular. So, we will actually go into much more detail later on about what exactly Shadowrun's missions are and how you get involved in them. Well, I'm sure that throughout the uh, course of the show, we'll probably bring up what we've been doing for the past year and kind of cover a lot of bases there. But uh, do we have any announcements? Announcements? Well, uh, we announcements. had, we actually had a winner to the contest that I threw in the last little episode that I did, and that was Derek Daniels or Dr. D71 on the forums. And his actual email was, here it is. Hi, I need that book because I've been running a 4th edition game for almost a year now and not enough people or not enough of my players have books. <laughs> okay, so one of his players got a autographed book? No, I think he's keeping that book <laughs> and I think he's going to use his other one for the table. Yeah. Smart man, Dr. D. Thanks yes, for your submission. <laughs> That's why he's a doctor. Exactly. Hmm. So yeah, so that's that's that was the actual winner. In addition to that, we've been trying to get some more activity going on those forums, which have been dead for a very long time. But speaking of forums, we actually have a whole bunch of new forums people. Okay, now he says new. <laughs> that means within this decade. <laughs> no, it means within the last year. Uh, <laughs> And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start with the list, and then I'm going to hit a certain point, and then Hero's going to take over. So, new to the forums. (laughs) Exactly. New to the forums as of November 8th of 09, uh, (laughs) we have Techno Dragon Wasabi, who has not really posted much of anything. Wasabi doesn't post on his own forums. That's true. He's a hater. For those who don't know, Wasabi actually helps with the Swing and a Miss podcast. Revan? Helps, I mean pays. Yeah. Ikdogan? Blackcoat? NT Breed? Tadanori Oyama? Ben Balstra? Or Balstra? Zed? Norsk Drake? Figment, Lass, Malleus, Eerie Drake, and then who are the rest? We got Deflying Squirrel, or Deflin Squirrel, Kavar, 
Weeping Wound, Mardigan, Coldbringer, Lithium, Fahrenheit, Lexicon, Helen James, Graham Politus, or Politus, I'm sorry if I'm messing that up, Tommy Gun 45 who needs to start posting, no offense, but I hope you're listening, Tommy, Dr. D71, our contest winner, and most recently was Bradley A. Bailey. Nice. And actually, Dr. D71 is actually on the forums right now. Ooh, fantastic. Dr. <laughs> D, we're watching you. <laughs> if only you knew. Right? Oh, by the way, Dr. D, you know what you need to do? You need to give us a voicemail telling us how much you enjoy the book and introduce our next episode. Well, that would be what, episode 15? That would be episode 15. Send us a voicemail. Or, uh, well, I guess you'd have to record it and send it to us at what? Zendead at HiddenGrid.com. Can you repeat that one more time for me? Zendead at HiddenGrid.com. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Isn't that sexy? It is, it is. Dr. D, please go ahead. You can uh, introduce our next episode or whatnot. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Indeed. Now... Do we have any other announcements? Well, I guess if you're local to the biggest role-playing convention in the entirety of Southeast Texas, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I will be running a few games at Alcon at the end of January. I just got my approval, so if you guys are somewhere in the state, planning on going to Alcon, look me up. I'll be playing or running nemesis if you guys aren't familiar with that that is a uh horror role-playing game created by greg stolze using the ore system or rather it's modified uh using the dark ore system it's a lot of fun and also i'll be running a penny for my thoughts if you guys are in town come check it out nice indeed yeah i'm gonna be at actually two conventions here in pretty rapid succession, actually. Are you well, going to be at the conventions, or are you going to be enjoying the conventions? I will be at the conventions working, <laughs> okay. as always. I don't really get to go to conventions for enjoyment. All work and no play makes Zen a hater. It's true. That's why in November, during uh, WolfCon, I usually try to get out there and get a chance to play. It's a little local convention here, uh, just outside of Chicago. Nice. So, but the ones that I'm going to be at is the New York Comic Con and Anime Festival. Oh, I hate you. When is that? That's October 8th through the 10th, I believe. I could be wrong. It's, I know I posted it in the forums with the dates, and it's actually at the Javits Center in downtown, like well, midtown. I, know. I, I would much rather go to New York Comic Con in San Diego. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be some really cool people there. Uh, And in addition to that, I'm going to be going to a small regional science fiction convention called PhilCon that's actually not in Philadelphia this year like it usually is. It's in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, overlooking the Meadowlands, I think. Cricket? Cricket? Yeah, pretty much. And if anybody shows up to that one, I'll actually have a chance to run something. Nice. Possibly, you know, just in like an open game slot, which I'll probably run a missions game. So, uh, but other than that, I'm pretty much done until after the first of the year. 
cool. then I don't know what I'm going to be going to as far as that goes. Well, I only get my schedule a couple of months in advance. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I usually go up northeast during the last like month of the year, which would probably be December this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or every year. I don't know that I'm going to be making it up there in the next couple of months. So I don't really have any tentative plans for any conventions aside from uh, in January I'll be attending, what was it, Alcon and Conjure. Conjure is a pretty awesome convention if you're trying to meet writers or anybody. It's, it's pretty brilliant. So you guys should make it out. Nice. So I think that does it for announcements for now. Let's go ahead and uh, throw in our obligatory network spot here and we will be back with our main topic which is going to be getting a game started or getting a campaign started because both of those can actually be pretty tough to do this podcast is a member of WGPRN wildgamesproductions.com so our main topic and actually our only topic today is going to be starting an adventure and or starting a campaign. I have had too many experiences with starting a game that has fallen apart after first contact with players. How about you, Hero? I'm really not certain that within the past two years including our recorded episodes, that I've ever played two games in a row with the same players. People seem to have a pretty stable group. Now, for those that don't, or those that are just getting started, I'd say the first thing you have to do is you actually have to have a group to actually play, you know? Yeah. So that, that could just be me. I, you know, but I think that's really what we need is we need to actually have a gaming group. Okay, Hero. So I know one of the big troubles is getting a group together. Now, how did you actually meet your group? Well, actually, the first group that I started uh, the Swing and Miss podcast with, most of us all knew each other through fire spinning. And whenever we were at the club, but off stage, we started talking about similar interests and we found out. Uh, Online role-playing games is something that I had done casually in the past that another performer did. And then I kind of brought up tabletop role-playing, which I hadn't done for many years until that, you know, until recently. And Ghost was the first one to show interest in it. And then we kind of recruited more and more people, and it just enveloped to something that I'm constantly thinking about and unnecessarily addicted to most of the guys have have shown a similar uh, dedication but filling in the gaps you know whenever i have one strong person who's just reliable in their every game that's great but when you just role play with one other person it kind of makes me feel like i'm masturbating i don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i can yeah. i can appreciate that yeah so it's uh it's been quite difficult to get a steady group of reliable gamers. Now, at the same time, there's a lot of resources out there that I haven't really exhausted. Up at my local game shop, they do have billboards in which they mention seeking game. This is the genre I want to play. And I've tried calling one or two folks but never got a return call. Then again, I just called them and breathed into the phone really heavily. But I, I, <laughs> Yeah, people uh, don't usually respond well to that here. They, they call that stalking. 
I thought it was love. I'm sorry. Um, you know, no. I've really found <laughs> it's sad to say because I mean, I do. I really prefer the experience of sitting in front of the people I'm playing with. It's it's something that cannot be replicated. However, I found it's kind of uh, Skype gaming. It's kind of t- tough to get over it at first, you know. But once you get in the swing of it, it seems to be a far more reliable um, medium. For gaming, for people who aren't close to other people. If you live in kind of a small town and you love games, but you're the only person in the one-horse town who does love that game, you can find some resources online. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's kind of my uh, my wife's gaming group. I lovingly refer to them. They were mostly my gaming group for a very long time. And because of my work schedule, I just don't get to game as much as she does. Aww. So they have quaintly become the the wife's gaming group but they're still my all of my friends and everything do you have like visitation rights and stuff now? i have visitation rights oh, okay to my gaming group she has primary custody yeah. and i mean i'm like i met most of those guys years ago through the, the white wolf gamer registry actually is how i met the the guy who runs most of our games ah. and he had a secondary group that he was playing with and that's actually one of the other guys that is at our game most often. And then there's me and my wife, and then we occasionally have like a fourth that rolls in and out. And then my brother, my young brother, I just actually got into gaming fairly regularly with us. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Well, you know, to me, when it actually comes to starting the game, I mean, let's say you finally have... A group of people. Now, me, I always overcompensate just because I've been burned so many times. So if I think I want four people in my group, I'll invite about eight people to show up for character creation because I know they're going to filter out. Yeah, That's just my experience. But so whenever I start character creation, regardless of the system, I kind of want to get a feel for the group of people I'm playing with and, and see like, well, let's say, um, let's talk about D&D for a second. I'm like, okay, well, do you guys want to play more of a political game or more of a hack and slash game? And you kind of give them options. And once I get a feel for what they want, that's where I'll actually start writing the plot for the game. So in Shadowrun, you know, by the book, you're going to run the very basic Johnson meets you in a bar. You guys have been together for doesn't matter how long you get a job, you do the job. John, if things go wrong, then Johnson screws you and things go wrong again ad infinitum. But yeah, by no means is Shadow unlimited to that. And we all know that. So whenever I sit my group of players down, I like to ask them what they're looking for if they want kind of a curveball thrown in. For instance, the first Shadow Run game I played after not playing for many years didn't remotely resemble a textbook Shadow Run game. It was just completely off the wall, and I completely appreciated that because the GM asked what we wanted, and he responded. So I think that's important that you don't just – I mean I love writing my story and forcing people to experience it, but if they aren't <laughs> going to be receptible to it, don't waste your time You know, responding yeah. to gamer needs. Yeah, that's that's a, a big one is – like actually a really – simple trick you don't even have to ask them look at what their what their characters are built on true and that'll tell you like all of the tells that they want in a game 
are in their character. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And you can really start tearing apart that and figure out exactly where those are. And before you know it, all of a sudden you've got, you know, all of these, holy crap, we've got this great storyline that's laid out just in the characters and you don't even have to do anything and you can pretty much run a sandbox game for Shadowrun just by using the tells that the players leave in their character. I don't know. Do you ever pay that close of attention to the characters or? Sure. I mean, absolutely. But I found that um, in games like Burning Wheel, Dogs in the Vineyard, a lot of those indie games, the character goal is directly written into character creation. Whereas, yeah, if you are playing with a, let's say, a group of Deckers, everyone created a Decker, you know what they want to do, and that, that's fairly obvious. Or if you have 12 faces, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what you got to do. So, so absolutely, that's right. But I do find that a lot of people kind of play the fence. So they'll create a street samurai when really they want to be more of like a film noir badass character so i do find asking helps but no you're absolutely right reading it out what they created will tell you what they need right and, well and i mean that's just it i mean somebody may have said you know well i want to do this and not know how to do it so when they they present you with their character and it's like well i thought you really wanted to do this but you're not really geared towards doing that is there a reason why well, I think example A would be co-host 15B's character. Wait, am I 15B, 15A? I don't even remember. Uh, you're so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm guilty of that as well, where I want to play a certain type of game, but I will make a character that I feel balance out a party based on whoever everyone else makes. I always get, like, last pick. And that's by <laughs> choice. I have no desire to play a certain type of, of archetype until I know what everyone else is playing. And then I'm like, eh, okay, I'll go ahead and make Technom- Technomancer or whatever. Right. But my initial conception would have been something completely different. But I guess I just don't have the balls to scream firsties. Yeah, well, I kind of suffer from the same. I, I like to have a balanced group. Yeah. So I can completely agree with you on that <laughs> well whenever you build your campaigns uh, i mean well I, we could as a for instance refer to you know the games we had recorded the ap's or just in general whenever you write your campaign how do you begin that where do you create those first ideas and and how do you keep track of it all personally whenever i'm going to start a campaign i look at the things that the players present to me in their characters. And then what I do is I have the game that I want to play as well, and I try to find a way to merge the two together. So, like, when you guys started creating your characters for that game, you guys had come up with all of these contacts and you had names for them and and kind of these small backgrounds that tied your character to these other contacts and that was fine but I changed things to fit the game that I was also trying to tell if you remember like when I did the oh god what was her name I can never remember the 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 talismonger's name that we were using uh she owned the black hand that was named the shop yeah 
But like, uh, I created like the black hand, the name of the store, and yeah. you know, like I gave her a Juju? slightly yeah Juju, and I created a slightly different personality than what anybody was expecting from her. Yeah, and that was how I used her to give you guys your first adventure per se was using her as the guiding force behind that now it works in some regards and in others it fails horribly such as I can't use her to constantly give you guys jobs because that's just not the kind of character Character she should be yeah in that regard it was like that game was originally you guys wanted it to be very sandbox and there wasn't enough I don't I personally don't think that there was enough front loaded in that to make it work. Well, I mean, I, I do agree that we didn't feel like we had direction at all, but it did. You played a perfect sandbox game where we could do whatever the hell we wanted. And by the third game, we actually started to pull in random directions. And you were always very good about reacting to whatever we threw at you and and even even to the point where we didn't even realize you were reacting to our desire so much as it seemed like we were going wherever you led i, I don't know if that uh, sounds really uh confusing <laughs> but well it's basically what it is is that i was able to react to the things that you guys were had already started working on Maybe in the last adventure. Sure. And I had figured out, well, this and this and this are going to be going on. And like when I created uh, the gang and I had who the gang leader was. That was just intuitive, something you just made up on the spot? Yep. And that's what I'm saying. How do you How do you learn to do that like do you write that stuff down do you make it up in your spare time and think oh well i've got a vault here full of random gangs that i created how about this or is it just really on the fly and if it is on the fly what would you suggest for newer gms to help them learn to be able to do that honestly that gang that i did i literally pulled them out of my ass Okay, so there you have it, new GMs. <laughs> Whenever you're stuck in a spot which you can't respond to your players, find Zendead's ass, that's where it all comes from. It does. Um, <laughs> well, or I spend a fair amount of time just thinking about things that belong in the world itself. I actually have gangs that I've, I don't stat anything. Yeah. Even the fight when you guys decided to finally fight him, Mm-hmm. I hadn't had time to stat out characters, so I was making stuff up on the fly. I don't know if that makes me a terrible GM or DM or ZM, whatever game I'm playing. I, the exact same way. I have story, but the moment someone throws a die is whenever I decide whether they hit or not, and based off that is where the stats come from. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad to know yeah. I'm not the only one. I felt like I was just a neglectful ass, but... No, present scheduling for people can be... You know, I've heard I've heard stuff where people say, "Well, you need to have at least if you're planning on running a game that's four hours, you need to have at least six hours of game prep done." Yeah, have half again whatever you're planning on running 
prepped out, already done. And I'll be honest with you, I don't have six hours to sit there and work on the game where I'm just working on the game. I may put 12 hours in, but it's not 12 continuous hours working at some arduous pace trying to put this together for the game. Every once in a while, I'll sit down. There's some games that I have to sit down and go, okay, well, if I need to do this, then I need to have this much stuff already plotted out. Now, that's the beauty of a sandbox game is you don't have to do that. It's also the beauty of an adventure. I mean, if you've read the adventure three or four times, you kind of have the flow of it. Now, if you're making everything up, that's a whole nother ball game, though. Yeah. I don't know. I found that every time I try to prepare a game of any specific length, like if I'm trying to plan a one shot, I've never been able to make it a one shot. Every time I assume that players can go from point A to point B and I try filling in all the blank spots, that's where I mess myself up. That's where I find more often than not, we waste too much time creating the game than we do playing it. So yeah, I mean, like you said, six hours for a three-hour game is is a good place to start but i think once you get in the swing of things and once you learn your group if you spend too much time trying to create a very strong point a to point b plot you're gonna find yourself trying to make stuff up around every turn because they're gonna mess you up because gamers do that oh yeah oh yeah i have never seen a single game that has ever survived initial contact with a group. Yep. Actually, the the APs themselves were a testament to how hard it was to get you guys to do anything that I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had had characters that had such strong personalities that we really couldn't... I don't know. we We had so much fun just being who we were that I don't think we really cared what you did. I mean, you could have we could have spent an entire game buying cookies from a Girl Scout and been just as happy as when we spent a week planning what we were going to do to get out of the situation we were in at the end of the first game. I mean, either way, we loved our characters, we had a lot of fun, and you responded to that. So that's where the GM might get a little disappointed, but the players are having a lot of fun, and as long as you can feed off their reaction, you know, it's kind of mutual. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the one thing that I had that was really fun with that was I did get a lot of chance to just make a lot of stuff up because you guys didn't have I mean, we were we were running on a real low power frame anyway for the was game. It so like 300 build points, 300 build points. Um and no ability or stat could be higher than 3. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they were really low-power characters, but by the same token, they were really well-diversified. What is it? Three-quarters of the points, but you only had half of the max that you could put into anything. Yeah. So, I mean, you ended up with characters that were way more diverse than a normal game. Those characters are actually really easy to build. I find whenever someone starts me off at 400, that's when I get kind of cross-eyed and I'm more like the kid in the candy shop and I'm like, ooh, shiny, I want that. And I'll build my character around certain abilities at that point. But when you're at 300, you're just baseline. It it was quick and fun to build that character and that's where I had all the time to focus on the story 
and the bio of the character rather than his numbers. And I was more yeah. fulfilled that way. Yeah, and that game was was definitely geared towards people playing the game having the ability to do whatever they wanted to. Yeah. Now, when we do the SR Chronicles games, those are going to be a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Because I, those are missions-based, and they're 400-point characters. So, well, yeah, it's going to be a little different. So is there anything else we should cover when it comes to creating and starting a game? I feel like we, we've said a lot, but we've said nothing. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. It's It's one of those, there's a lot of ways to start a game. The best thing I've ever seen is to just jump into the deep end and accept the fact that no matter what you plan, you're never going to have everything that you were hoping to have. And at the same time, you're going to end up with way more than you ever hoped you could have. Indeed. Prepare yourself for disappointment. A message (laughs) sponsored by Hidden Grid. Um, you know, uh, on on this topic, real quick, the w- the one thing I see most often, especially in our forums, but I've seen it everywhere else, people who are just unable to find other people who want to play that game in their area. You know, I mean, we've Shadowrun is kind of a niched game. It's it's kind of an obscure genre, I would say. I mean, granted, it's just cyberpunk, but most people who pick up a you know, role playing game are probably going to go for something more fantasy based or horror based. So, yeah. I like I said like earlier that Skype or you know online role playing, not so much the play by post, but the actual like voice online gaming, it's kind of got a curve. You have to get used to it. To it, but there's a lot of people on our forums who are looking for gamers who want to play. So. You know, feel free to join the forums and try to find gamers who are willing to play via Skype or something to that effect. Yeah, because I I don't have a, a spot set up yet, but I'm definitely going to put one together for just that. Uh, looking for uh, gamers that are interested in Skype because, I mean, it, it is an, a little bit of a learning curve. And actually, with the SR Chronicles, we're going to be doing something new that you're going to I don't know how well you're going to like it, but it'll be interesting. And I'm not going to say any more than that for right now. Are you talking to me or are you talking to them? I'm talking to you. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. So we're going to be trying something new, and we're not going to have the uh, the stuff like we've had in the past. We're going to actually have real maps. Oh, nice, nice, and stuff. Nice. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things work out. Indeed. Be sure to make Chuck look like an idiot every chance you get. Throw him under the bus. That's what I'm here for. Hey, I'm actually not even (laughs) the one. Actually, Lass is who's going to be showing me how to use it. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to to Lass in a moment. Um, Yeah, because she's coming up. Yeah, it's it's time to introduce um, a couple new segments to the show, if I'm correct. Yeah, we're going to have a Q&A with a noob. Or for the new. And we're also going to have voicemail for those who actually want to record something and send it in. If we get more than about, oh, I don't know, I would say five or six, we may actually open up a voicemail line that you can actually call in. Absolutely. And then we're totally ready to do that. You just have to demand it. Be heard. Yes. 
Yes, if you want to be heard on the internet with your voice speaking, then you need to let us know and either record enough stuff that we feel like it warrants having an actual voicemail line that you would be able to call, and then you'd be able to do that. But for the Q&A, we had no one actually asking questions. So instead, I decided to ask a question. And he's talking about, we have a a thread on the forums, Q&A with a noob. This is where you can ask all your questions. And now it's not just questions I'm going to answer, because obviously I don't know what I'm talking about. But any questions you want answered on the podcast, feel free to ask them, whether it's Shadowrun-based or which deodorant I prefer to use on a Wednesday. Go ahead and ask them there. (laughs) If they want to know that, um, I don't really want... Well, no. Yeah. Go ahead. Ask whatever you want. (laughs) Stimulate the forums. Don't don't judge yet. Wait. (laughs) Yeah. We we will totally let whatever people want to ask go in. So, there's actually two questions here, because I am that much of a dick. Normally, uh, we'd like to keep it to one question per post, but we'll try to answer every single question in that thread between episodes. So, if if we end up with 20 minutes of answering questions, then we end up with 20 minutes of answering questions, folks. I'm not opposed to doing that. You're not opposed to having a three-hour episode? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm opposed to editing a three-hour episode okay uh, that's why i'm here i'm used to it so okay so the first question is what is the hardest thing to learn in the game for you or what was the hardest thing and also what do you feel is the hardest thing to explain to people okay i thought you said you had two questions yeah, because those can be actually different things. Because what's the hardest for you to learn doesn't always can, mean that it's the hardest thing to explain. I can answer both of those questions in one with answer. One word. Okay. Heal. Go. <laughs> heal. Fucking heal. Okay. Well, I was going to say magic in general, but heal is just the perfect friggin' example of how convoluted these rules are. You have to have a friggin' master's degree in mathematics or something to understand it. Really? You think so? No, I mean, it it just, it took me and four friends reading it and researching it for about a year and a half. We created a laboratory and a foundation, and we finally figured out how to heal in the game. Really? It took you that long? Well, then again, every time I read the how to heal, I was probably consuming large amounts of whiskey so that uh, would explain why you were having so many troubles well no we created house rules and you created house rules for heal i didn't the gm at the time did because we both stared at each other like dogs who just been showed a card trick we just kind of zoned out all right here hold on hold on here let me let me read through the heal i will read it you can go ahead and tell me that this makes sense Okay. Uh, okay. Of course, I'm, I'm going to skip the type, range, and duration. Oh no! Include all of that stuff okay, for the fine. listeners. Heal. Because actually, actually, Doctor D71, who's been running a game for a year and a half, asked me a Shadowrun question, and this is what he asked me about: was the heal spell. So you're going to make the noob feel bad for saying, "Hey, heal is a very difficult con, a moderately difficult concept in the game." 
and then back making me feel bad with he's been running a game for a year and a half and he still thinks it's fucked. This is why he thinks it's fucked. This is why I think it's fucked. No, his question was actually related to the drain value and how drain works for exactly. This it's spell. a freak. You have to have a mathematical degree to understand the algorithms here. Okay, TV, damn go ahead. Go ahead. Read. Read. I am. Read it and tell me where you're having troubles. <clears throat> and then Shadowrun Sadith. Heal. Type M. Range T. Duration P. DV or damage value minus two. Heal repairs physical injuries. It heals a number of boxes of physical damage equal to the spell's hits from the spellcasting test. Hits can also be used to reduce the base time for the spell to become permanent. Each hit spent this way shaves off one combat turn. Hits can be split between healing and reducing time as the caster desires. A character can only be magically healed once for any single set of injuries. Why not roll a friggin' couple dice if you make this much, you heal this much over this amount of time? Okay. I'm confused. Okay, here's how this works. Now, his particular question was in the drain value. Now, your, your list here is the damage value minus two. Okay, so then his question was, is that the damage value... Of the full damage, or is it the damage value of what you healed? You know, between those two. This is the way I've always seen it done, is the damage value of what you're trying to heal. So if you're healing six boxes, it's your drain value is four. So it's six minus two. Okay? And the time that it takes for a spell like heal to become permanent is actually listed in I believe running the shadows okay which says the heal spell can be used to repair physical injuries each hit from the spellcasting test heals one box of physical damage up to the maximum equal to the spell's force which is obviously determined at time of casting See heal page two hundred eight. Note that source, sorcery cannot heal damage result damage resulting from magical drain. So in other words, you can't heal somebody from drain. Okay, so your duration on something like a heal check is never clearly stated. Well, from my understanding, you have to hold them as long as you're healing them, and healing takes forever, so you have two people in the corner touching each other until both are happy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I misread it, sorry. Nowhere does it specifically say how long it takes for a spell to become permanent, if you're... I, at least it, I don't see it in this. I'll, I can look it up, and if there's an amendment, I'll make the amendment and post that in the show notes. But... No, it's it's actually it actually is in here. I I was not paying attention when I read it. I was just more reading, but it says that uh, you can reduce. Okay, when you roll to heal, each time each box takes. I don't know. I think one combat turn. Okay. Um, but you can reduce the amount of hits you actually got to shave off how many combat turns it takes to heal. Correct. So if, say, you're healing somebody that has six six wounds, 
Okay. Or eight wombs like we were talking about. Or no, six. Six is what we were talking about. So six minus two is four. Okay. So that's their drain value. Okay. If they're rolling their sorcery test, okay, so they're rolling their sorcery test. They roll, say they get five successes. All right. Okay. Now that's going to take them six combat turns to heal five of those or five, it'll take five combat turns to heal those five. If they want to do it faster, they can heal, like, basically they can shave off, say they shave off two rounds of it to heal three wounds. So that instead of taking three rounds, it takes one round to heal three wounds. Okay. So if Does you that list- make sense? If you listen to what you'd say, you knew the answer to that question already. No, none of this makes sense. I figured it out <laughs> one day. I finally figured it out, and it was like I had I had actually reached nirvana. I had just I floated for a couple seconds, and I actually realized what this meant. And we ran the rules that day. But even though I had achieved that status of understanding, I am still without comprehension at this moment in time. Okay, so you have five. <laughs> you rolled five hits. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so you can heal five wounds out of the six. So the yep. six doesn't really matter. You, we're dealing with five here. Yep. So your damage value, okay, is six minus two because that's the total damage that the person has sa- suffered. Okay, so that's oh. where you get your drain value. Your drain based value on, is based on the total number of damage, the total amount of damage that the person has, and that we're attempting to heal, even though we only successfully rolled five. We're correct. Yeah. Okay, okay, makes sense. Okay, so you have your five successes. Now, you could take five rounds to heal all five wounds. Or you could take four rounds. Or you could take four rounds. To heal three? To heal three. That makes even less sense. No, 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 no. It would take you four rounds. See, this is where the shape, odd numbers start messing with things. So you would still heal four in four. Okay. But if you take two off, you shave your time by two. Okay, you have three successes left, right? So that's three wounds that you can heal. But if you shaved off two, you would cut that time down to a single round to heal three wounds. Oh, okay, makes sense. Okay, but your damage value is still, your drain value is still four because it's six minus two. Absolutely. So that's how that works. But you want to sit there and tell me that's easy? <laughs> okay, you don't even have to answer. We understand. Let's go to the voicemail. <laughs> but see, that's the whole the whole beauty of this is where you're learning more important things about Shadowrun. So I are learning. I'm gonna get a degree in Shadowrun. Right. So, okay, here we go. This is our voicemail. That comes to us from Lass. Big friend on the forums. Yes. Hey, Chummers. This is Lass, your lady of the Matrix. This summer I had the great opportunity to go to Gen Con, and I managed to get myself into a Shadowrun missions game. Now, I didn't know exactly what I was getting into, but you could carry character to character from different games. Can you explain to us what Shadowrun missions is? and how to fully participate, and furthermore, how to perhaps set a Shadowrun Missions up at your local gaming store. Thank you. Last out. 
Awesome. Okay, so she is asking specifically about missions, which is something that we are going to be doing a fair amount of stuff with. So, you, you want to break down what missions is first before we actually give her a response? And actually, this will answer a lot of that. Um, Shadowrun's missions is the Catalyst Game Lab's version of like D&D's Living Greyhawk, Living Forgotten Realms saga. The They're the Pathfinder Society. All of those are convention play. They're designed to have a more interactive world where everybody's outcomes can actually change the direction of the storyline over the long term. The longer you play, the more missions you're in, the more you have a chance to affect, see the things that you're doing affect the game line or the storyline of those adventures. Because they take feedback from every single missions that you do and then turns those into the the next or they used to do where it would affect the next storyline. And the things that you do in there actually carry from one game to the next. So if you say happen to kill off a certain NPC, that NPC in the next missions game that you're supposed to be talking to, well, they're not really there. And that's pretty hard to do when you're dealing with international play, which is what the missions games are actually going to do is they cover all of the anybody that's playing in conventions all over the world. Now, yes, you can play all over the world with this. So, while you're you're playing in the missions games, you will have a great chance to run out and play these same characters over multiple locations. So, say you're at a convention like Gen Con, you bring your character in, you play your character, well, you get a form that you fill out at the end that says, you know, hey, I, you know, I completed this Shadowrun's mission, so now I have this much karma that I can then use to advance my character. And that, once it's done you actually get to take that character, move them so that the next game session, that if they're in another missions, they have those, all of those additions that they've gotten over time. Now, is there a final arbiter or someone who actually regulates like what people say they have by the time they join the next game? They, I know they have a coordinator. Oh. And there are, like, whenever uh, a GM, like, basically you sign up to be a player in Shadowrun's missions. Once, go ahead. So it's not so much the responsibility of whoever's running one game to fair, like when a player, let's say he gets two karma for this or that, when he goes to the next game, he can't be like, oh yeah, I got 43 karma. I've been playing Shadowrun missions for the last four years or whatever and just lie his face off because there's usually some documentation that the coordinator Oh, there's, there's actually, yeah, because there is paperwork for it, but it's very minimal, actually. Basically, what they do is they print out a copy of the 
handouts. And each of the handouts includes the debriefing log. And that summarizes the adventure, what outcomes were decided by it, any equipment that was gained by the character. And then you have to keep a copy of that with your character. Because those are uh, like player certificates. Uh, you know, I was going to say that sounds complicated, but then again, what doesn't with Shadowrun? That just sounds very Shadowrun-esque. That's what I'm going to say here. <laughs> in in regards to, to, to last, you said you signed up and got yourself involved in the missions game. How long? How far along did you make it? Did you play more than one game while you were doing it? Um, you know, let us know. I think she only played in the one game, actually, because I was actually talking to her this evening. Ah, And she said, you know, when she found out that we were going to be doing the Shadowrun's missions and stuff, I asked her, which one did you do? And she wasn't really sure. She she felt that the game was not the best that it could have been. There we go. Our first review for Shadowrun's missions. <laughs> no, it, it had nothing to do with the game itself. It had to do with the people at the table. I want names. I will never <laughs> divulge anything like this. And actually, uh, the way she described it is it was uh, it was very formulaic. And that's something that she's not as big of a fan of. But she's going to see if she can't make it work with what we're doing so that we have our fourth player. <laughs> <laughs> we, we begged her. Uh, please, last, please. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's not going to be the same thing as if it were your home group playing. It's going to be a little bit different than that. But I don't see any reason why it has to be horrible. And I think that's the one thing that you need to take away is convention play is a lot different than home play. And... Now, you can run missions for your home group and submit all the paperwork just as if it were normal. And you don't even have to announce that you're going to be uh, going to be doing it. But you can also do these at game stores and stuff. The rules on running an event are actually listed on the Shadowrun website. And I will include a link in the show notes so that people can go and get all of that pertinent information on if you actually want to set up a game in your local gaming store. Really, all you have to do is, if you can get your local store to say, yeah, we really would like to have somebody running stuff in the store, well, this is a really easy way for you to, if you're a member of, you join the demo team, which then is, you know, you're running mission stuff, so you don't have to worry too much. And if you just say, hey, I want to run uh, some events at, you know, this game con or at this local gaming store, you know, they, then you have to, because none of the missions, aside from the very first one, are free. All the rest of them cost like $4, and you actually have to pay for them. I have heard speak from the new missions coordinator that there is going to be some additional perks for the people that are actually running it. Let's see. Who is the new missions coordinator? His name is Bull the Orc Decca, or 
Um, but that's that's his handle that he's been going by for years and years and years and years and years. His actual name, though, is uh, I actually know this. I think I can Google it faster than you know. His name's Steven Ratkovic. That's correct. I just know him as Bull because I've known him as Bull for years. So, well, I just know Google because I've known Google for years. Yeah, cool. Mm. Well, <laughs> so how did you find that? I Shadowrun Bull Shadowrun. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, because uh, the second link from the top is uh, some wiki about the Shadowrun supplemental. Yeah, Stephen Bull Ratkovich. Or Ratkovic. Tell us which one is mispronouncing it. I'm sorry, Bull. Yeah, but we will be doing an interview with him as well. That'll probably show up on both the missions and on the hidden grid. We should have a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of uh, interviews. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've I've got uh, a couple of big interviews that are going to be. Uh, coming up very quickly actually um this week i have an interview with brent evans who is the art director for catalyst games and we are going to get down and dirty with brent for probably about 45 minutes or so if i can if i can make it swing that yeah um my goal is to to get him in for at least a good 45 minute talk because We've actually tried to do this three separate times. And every time Brent has some kind of thing that no matter what happens, whenever we try to do something, it ends up not working. Uh. But like last year at Dragon Con, I interview, or we were going to interview him and I couldn't get my laptop to record correctly. And How then- are you going to blame that on him? <laughs> because he was involved he in it. He always has something that's going on. He's not letting my laptop work. Right? Well, hold on now. Right. The, then yeah. we did then we did another interview at Gen Con. We did a two hour interview with him, Echo Shearnick, and Sean, who is working on the Dumpshock Data Havens, which is the yeah. new fan magazine that Bulls that was Bull's brainchild. Let me guess, and he spoke the entire time in sign language, so that's why it's his fault that we didn't get to hear this re- this interview? Uh, no, actually, uh, something happened with the recording, again, and I couldn't pick up anything that anyone else said. There's Average only me terrible. asking questions. <laughs> it was horrible. Well, um, instead of, let, let's stop jinxing our, ourselves here. Let's go ahead and tease people. Because we also have more interviews coming up. Aside from the art director, we might have another interview coming up and perhaps uh, a little bit more relating to an upcoming book. Yeah, actually, uh, Echo Shearnick, who is a phenomenal artist. I said let's tease him, and he comes straight out. (laughs) You're like, no qualms. Like, where's the cloak and dagger, man? (laughs) You know what? When you're talking with Echo... Echo doesn't hold anything back herself. All right. And she is a phenomenal Shadowrun artist, as well as a massive player of Shadowrun. It's it's really fun. She does it all because she just loves the game line so much. And, yeah, there's going to be actually uh, a great interview with her, too, that 
as soon as I can get her to uh, reply to me on Skype, or skip A, as she likes to call it. Nice, nice. As the Swedish call it, I think. <laughs> um, if then, you guys are interested in checking out any of Echo's work, you can reach her at echo-x.com. She has a lot of amazing stuff, which I have to admit, today was my first time looking at it, and I'm blown away, man. I'm totally blown away. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was talk that Echo did there was there was a book that was being done and they needed sixteen pieces of artwork and Brent went to her and she pretty much took fourteen out of the sixteen and did them all in like two weeks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I mean, this is somebody that does it because she loves the line, not because she needs the work. And for those of you who are actually looking forward to, uh, well, by, at, at the time that we're recording this podcast, we have three days till the release of the Six World Almanac. And the cover and back cover were actually done by Echo. So that's where you might know her from. Yeah. Also, if you look in the, uh, the, the Shadowrun 4 book, not the 4A, but the 4 book. Um, she did all of the like human, the elf, the orc oh, okay. pictures. She did those. Yeah, I, you know, and that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I don't want to bash my 4A book because I do love my 4A book. But when I actually got to the, you know, the, I don't want to say pre-gens, but the archetype, you know, pictures, I was, uh, I was kind of disappointed. I really appreciated the ones from the first book then yeah. more, more so than these as, as a whole. Not to say yeah. that. Well, most of the archetypes themselves, they didn't really change those. No, there were a few that were different. Artwork-wise, I don't think so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Trust me, I don't know what I'm talking about. Trust me, I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's exactly yeah. my point. They had different archetypes in this one, and uh, along with that, there were different images. Uh, I know the drone rigger was different. I know the art for the covered op specialist was different. Uh, most what? of them the face was different. Like, for instance, the face in the uh, 4A book, you have what looks to be like a gnome with an ace of spades, like, in between his hands with his hat over it. Um, in the 20 book, there was, like, this r- really short Asian guy standing over top of a pile of what I think was bodies of the suitcase. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm not looking at it. Okay, maybe maybe some of these are different, but... No, not some. Most, man. The Gunslinger Adept is the same. Well, and the okay. Weapon Specialist might be the same. Oh, shit. Oops. I see some cans. I'm not <laughs> I promise. Combat Mage is the same. But a lot of the... A lot yeah, of that's death. true. They did change some of that. Ooh. Newbie 1 Zen 27. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? When they're talking about, like, making a character, and they're talking about, like, the the elf and the all of those that they did as in the the 4A book they did as kind of like mugshots yeah of them all standing in a lineup yeah 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 um echo did these really nice black and white pieces oh okay that the, were the race explain yeah oh okay yeah <laughs> she did all of those and they're really oh, really sharp them. little black and white pieces that oh yeah are just great so but yeah, we're gonna have Echo on as soon as I can get her to reply to me. I just need to email her and let her know, <laughs> and send her a check. <laughs> I already paid for the artwork, actually. Oh, 
So yeah, actually, all of these contests, I'm actually footing the bill on. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't so, know that. Well, speaking yeah. of contests, uh, do we have a new contest? I think we do. I think we need to have a contest. Okay. So since you're the newest member of the podcast, <laughs> why don't you <laughs> you tell All us right. what the contest is? All right. So the rules for this contest are open to interpretation. There is a forum thread which is titled what? Contests? Photo contest now? I think we're going to call it photo contest. There's going to be a, a f- an actual board for contests that we're going to use. Okay. We're going to pretty much leave the contest submissions open until it starts to run dry. There's not a deadline as of yet, but we want picture submissions. Somehow Shadowrun related, be it cosplay, be it uh, you and your friends running a game, be it you out in public doing something that for some reason makes you feel uh, is Shadowrun related. But to verify that you're not just taking pictures from some cute anime cosplay girls forum or whatever website, you need to have Hidden Grid somehow snuck into the picture. No photoshopping. Whether it's written on a piece of paper or you're listening to it on your iPod and you have it up on the screen, doesn't matter. We want submissions of Shadowrun-related pictures by you, including hidden grids somewhere in the photo. That's all it takes. And put them up on the forum. And whenever we decide that we're about to submit a deadline, we'll uh, announce it and then announce our contest winner. And the winner gets, drumroll, Okay, I had some really sexy Hidden Grid shirts printed up. And for those who have ever caught me at a convention, they know that I will be wearing one almost every, at least one of the days I wear. Wait, so the winner gets a shirt worn by you? No, they'll get their own. Oh, never mind, I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well... I, I could give away a shirt that I've worn, but I don't oh, think... I'm totally in now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most people would want that. I think most people want their own shirt That's true. that they can wear. But yeah, I, I actually, I'm the one who printed them and did all of the work on them. So they're, they're pretty sexy. Um, I will probably go ahead and put some kind of a picture on the site, so, or probably in the forums thread so that people can see what the shirts look like. Well, you know, I have a shirt, and I love it. It's a very sexy shirt. You're absolutely right. Of course it is. And it even supports the podcast. And for actually, if if people really want to, they could... Theoretically. Uh, they could theoretically buy one if they really wanted to. Buy with monies? Buy with monies. I will figure all of that out, though, at a later date. I, right now, I don't have anything... Like an easy link to get there? Yeah, or a a shopping cart or anything crazy like that. So, Uh, But I can put something together at some point, and if people really want to buy one, they could. But I'm not going to – I don't really want to force people to buy anything. Well, you don't don't just have to buy. You can also go to trademyfirstborn.com slash hidden grid (laughs) t-shirt. Don't be telling people that. I don't want their kids. Oh, yeah. 
Thundercats, I'm raise sorry. Them. Well, that's an option. Although, you know, I could feed them to the ghouls. Exactly. My point. So, I can get some organ legging done here. <laughs> Make some money. All right. Well, then, you guys join the forums. Get involved in our newest contest. You know, Dr. D71 won our last one. So, you got to make them feel jealous. Uh, we also have more contests coming up in the future with a wide, varying degree of prizes, I would say. If you want to get a hold of us outside of the forums, you can contact Zen at zendead at hiddengrid.com. You can reach me at hero at net. We're gonna fix um, that. We're gonna give you a a hidden me grid. A hidden grid. That that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. Um, well then, fine. Survi- you can reach me at hero at care of zendead at hiddengrid.com. <laughs> <laughs> For um, right now, yes. And hopefully, here in the next couple of days, I'll uh, I'll throw together an email address for you. Also, be sure if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about, find the Q&A thread on the forums or feel free to send us a MP3 voicemail um, at zendead at hiddengrid.com and we'll play it on the next show. Indeed. Well, guys, it's been a blast and it feels really good to be back behind the mics and I guess this is it. We're out of here. So remember, folks, Shoot straight, conserve ammo, and never, ever deal with hero. Oh, no.